0: Speak on it today is is O Holy Night the song that just sang uh, on the on the little video there. How about you? Uh, is anybody else's favorite song O Holy Night? I, oh, that's my favorite Christmas hymn uh, by far, and, uh, and 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 I love the way that it ends. It ends with this idea of that Christ is the Lord, and we're praising His name forever. That His power and His glory are evermore to be proclaimed. I love that line. It like gets me. Uh, it gets me every time. Let me let me give you a little bit of the history of that particular uh, hymn because it's kind of fun. So uh, the the now it was written by a poet and uh, this wine merchant in France uh, back in 1847, uh, and he originally called it Midnight Christians. A guy named Chapot uh, wrote a poem, and then. Another guy named Adolphe Adam, who was a musician, he wrote the music to it. Uh, so they put those two things together. It was kind of commissioned by the church to be put together in France. However, uh, however, a- after a couple years, uh, the pastors there figured out that neither Chapeau nor uh, Adams were Christians at all, in fact, they were pretty hostile to the church somehow that they came up with this song, uh, but they were uh, they were not Christians, and so they banned it uh, from the church altogether and they stopped singing it uh, sadly and Then a guy an American, his name is John Sullivan Dwight, who is also a musician and a translator, uh, he took that song in eighteen fifty five all the way over here on the other side of the pond, and he translated it to what we know tonight as uh, as "O Holy Night." Now, splicing in now, 1855. If you're a historian, uh, we are in uh, we're in the throes of we're getting close to the Civil War during that time, and so there's a lot of uh, there, there's a lot of racial tension, and you can see that he was uh, that this this guy John Sullivan Dwight was a abolitionist. He believed that. Uh, that there should not be slavery in the world. And you can see a little pieces of that uh, inside of O oh Holy Night. You kind of weave that in. Another piece of trivia, uh, the first song ever played over radio waves. So uh, it, we had Morse code and all that stuff, but, but ever played over radio waves was O oh Holy Night. First song ever. So a little piece of trivia uh, for you. And it is, it's is—it's my my favorite Christmas song because it's so like theologically rich. I mean, just the words are so, so good. And the music is so moving to me. Just the majesty of Christ. It, like, it makes my heart well up with the things of God. My affections are certainly stirred by... That particular song, I'm looking forward to when we sing it here at the end of the story. And I love the idea, at the end of the song, it talks about the glory and the power of God, the glory evermore proclaimed by Christ. And we sing that line a lot. In fact, it was just in Hark the Herald Angels Sing just now, the glory of God. Think about that for just a second. The glory of God. The glory of God. Now, here's a little test. I want you to do this, and you can do this with the person you came with maybe, or just somebody around you. Look at them, and just for a second, this is the audience participation part of the show, okay? I want you to look at the person next to you, and I want you to explain to them what glory is. Ready? Go. What What is glory? I literally heard somebody say I just don't know. I don't I don't know if that is. It's tough, isn't it? It's a word that we use all the time in especially in biblical language and inside of the church, the idea of glory. It's in every Christmas song. Like every Christmas song has the word glory in it, but we have no earthly idea what it is. It's very difficult to define what glory is. So, I'm going to tell you what it is, but first, I want to show you in a very, very fun way, okay? So, here's what I want you to do. Now I'm, I'm, You don't have to talk to anybody right now, but I want you to close your eyes, and I know that that's weird. Just, just go ahead and close them. Close close your eyes. Everybody close your eyes. Everybody close them. Now, I want you to think, think really hard about chocolate chip cookies. Think Think about chocolate chip cookies do you like the gooiness of them the taste the smell of chocolate chip cookies go ahead yeah go ahead now open your eyes okay now you see them right so you're you're thinking about them you're you're kind of feeling them in your mind and now you see them with your eyes and those particular ones look awesome right All right, now do me a favor. I know this is this is like the last audience participation thing I need. Okay, now turn to your neighbor and tell them what is your favorite chocolate chip cookie. Like from what company, or is it your mom's? Just turn to them and and tell them. Talk about it for just a second. All right, is it the American Cookie Company? The gooey. Is your mom? Are they buttery, sugary? Wow, okay. All right, all right. Come back to me now. Come back to me. I might have lost you. I apologize if I lost you. Who's really hungry at this point and just wants a chocolate chip cookie? Okay. Did anybody say that their favorite chocolate chip cookie is a Chick-fil-A chocolate chip cookie? Chick-fil-A chocolate chip cookie. All right, cool. Amanda, come here. Come here, Amanda. Come here. All right. Now... um, This is really the audience participation. So here you go. Go ahead. That's okay. <laughs> Don't whisper that into my ear. That's just heresy. Um. Okay. All right. Now behold it. Behold. Behold the glory of the chocolate chip cookie. Right? Is it heavy? Kind of heavy. All right. Now, now I want you to do this. Now, just for everybody's sake. Okay. Not everybody's going to get to do this. I want you to take a bite of the chocolate chip cookie. Are you ready? Go for it. Absolutely. The full glory of the chocolate chip cookie on display right now. You can take that back. Thank you. Everybody give Amanda a hand. Now, we just saw it. We felt it in our brains this idea of the gooiness of the glory of the chocolate chip cookie. We experienced it. And Amanda experienced it in full, right? Now, I know that that seems a little silly, but I want us to get an idea of what it means exactly. So let's, let's a, a chocolate chip cookie and the glory of a chocolate chip cookie is, it's very, is wholly inadequate when we're talking about Christmas, okay? Uh, so let's, let's go a little bigger for just a second and think instead of the sun, S-U-N, the sun. Think about the sun for just a second. The glory of the sun is its heat, is its light. The glory is not the actual sun itself. The glory is what radiates from the sun. Those are two different things. There's the sun, the object of the sun, and then there's the glory of the sun itself. We experience the sun's glory. That's what we experience as human beings. And we could not fully grasp... The sun itself, okay? And so we, in our senses, in all of our five senses, we appreciate what the sun in its glory does for us. It is our source of of life. Without the sun, we don't exist. Think about that for just a second, all right? We would be just a rock... That's very cold in space. All right, we we would be a very dark rock that is cold in space, just floating around, and and there would be no purpose or origin of life. The sun gives Earth its life. The glory of the sun gives life. But here's the thing: is we 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 experience the glory of it, but we couldn't touch it ourselves. Even if you get like within a light year of the sun, we would extinguish. There's nothing about us that we couldn't put our arms around it. we can't go there itself. We only can experience the glory of the Sun and its heat and its life and its light. That's what we get to experience about the Sun. Now here I'm going to put up on the, on the screen just a definition of the glory of God okay The glory of God is this: glory is the expression of God's attributes. it is any manifestation. Of God's character. It is any manifestation of God's character. Pastor John MacArthur is going to say this, and this explains a little bit better. Glory is to God what the brightness is to the sun. Glory is to God what wet is to water. His glory is like the heat of a fire. In other words, it is the emanation, it is the brightness, it is the product of his presence. It is the revelation of himself. Anytime God discloses himself, he manifests his glory. It is what our senses perceive as God himself. And the Christmas story is chock full of this idea of glory. And you you, you might even say that the Christmas story is about God's glory. It's, it's so full of it. Let's just, I mean, you don't have to turn there, but Luke chapter 2 says this. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the, what is it? The glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And and in this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest! And on earth peace among those whom he is pleased John 1, 14, this is another gospel writer saying this about the, 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 in, the incarnation of Jesus. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his, give it to me, glory, glory as the only son from the Father, full of grace and truth. It is saturated inside of the Christmas story. This idea of God radiating his brightness that we might be able to sense it and feel it. It is the catch-all experience. And there's multiple levels of this. There's multiple levels of God's glory that I want us to kind of understand. Because, because if, if we, we can't just say that, there's, that Jesus is on one hand is the same as another type of God's glory. We have to kind of understand how God kind of levels up a little bit as he radiates his particular glory. Okay, so if you're taking notes, here's, here's the deal. Here's the first level of glory. The first level of glory is this: it's creation glory. It's creation glory. Psalm 19:1 says this: "The heavens declare the glory of God; the skies proclaim the work of His hands." From the skies to the seas, from from the birth of a child to, I mean, the cattle in the field to the ants on the ground, the rain, the snow, the sun, the moon—all of creation is declaring the glory of God, the work of His hands. But it's a very non-specific. Glory, it's a, it is a creation itself is like a whisper of God's glory. It's, kind of, it's non-specific, it's natural, and everyone on earth, no matter who you are, experiences the glory of God. Whether you are on an, un, an unnamed tribe on an island somewhere that has never met Western civilization to in New York City or something like that, everyone experiences the glory of God through his creation at some level. Okay, and so, but it's not the only way that God reveals Himself, but but it is a way that God reveals Himself. The second level of glory is this, and this is where it's a Hebrew word, the Shekinah glory of God, the Shekinah glory of God. Now, if you're a biblical scholar, uh, you know that this first shows up when the people of Israel are being led out of Egypt, out of slavery, and they need to be led somehow. They don't know where they're going. No one has ever made this journey, and God had to lead them specifically. Geographically, they had to know where to go. And so God shows up in a very unnatural way. The, the scriptures tell us that he shows up by, in a cloud by day, in a pillar of fire by night, and led the people of Israel with these symbols and signs. And they called it the Shekinah glory of God. What, it, what that means is it's an unnatural form of a declaration or manifestation of God, it's miraculous. It's unnatural. It's not normal in the natural world to show, uh, to, for God to show himself. So it's kind of a very tangible way outside of the nature or creation of God, the Shekinah glory of God. Now, if you have those first two levels, you have the creation, the creation glory, and you have the Shekinah glory, both of those are great, but they're both kind of mysterious, they're nonspecific, and they're very impersonal. Even though it's, it's miraculous and it's wonderful, it's just kind of ethereal. It's out there. We don't know specifics about who God is. We know what he has made, but we don't know exactly who he is. We just can see some manifestations of him. So there needs to be some more specific ways in which God, uh, God tells us about him. And here's the, here's, the, here's the good news, is that God wants us to know him. Do you know that? God wants and desires for us to know him. So in this place, no matter where you're at, and I know that Christmas is a sometimes difficult place. It's, it's a joyous time for a lot of families. At the other, on, the, on the other end of it, there's a lot of people here specifically that are walking through very difficult times in their life, whether it's through divorce or hurt or a death in the family or, or maybe just you and, and you're struggling emotionally through a lot of things. So let me tell you this, that God desires to speak and reveal himself to you. And he has brought you to this place for a purpose, and whether you you see his glory outside and you see the manifestations of his characteristics outside in and around everywhere, you're thinking to yourself, "Well that's very impersonal it's just kind of ethereal it's out there. God desires and longs to reveal himself to you, and he wants to speak to you directly and how he does that is through a third level, which is prophetic glory, prophetic glory, and this is the Word of God, the Scripture of God, the Bible, what you hold in your hand as a Bible, this is the third level of God's, God's glory, and it is a, the clearest manifestation of God's glory. It's very, very clear. Hebrews 1.1 1, 1 says this, long ago, at many times, and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. God spoke. He used words that we can understand. It wasn't gibberish, we understood it. And he reveals himself... In, this, in a written word form, which is great. They wrote it down. They wrote what God said. And so that we can, it can be passed down to us in perfection and clarity. So that we might be able to read it and, and communicate with others regarding it. Christianity is not an oral tradition that just kind of gets passed down from father to father to father. That's not how it works. It is a written perfection of God's word then given to the next generation. Uh, so it's God's glory and his prophetic word. Word given uh, and and so uh, and, and so it's it's grand and that's why we push so hard every single week for you to be in a daily walk in God's Scripture. We desire for you to have a quiet time, to, to find a time during the day where you open up God's word. Yes, it's an ancient document, but it's beautiful because it's God revealing himself to you. If you're wanting God to speak to you and you're wondering what he might say, open up your Bible. It's right there. God is speaking directly to you in a majestic, wonderful way. The glory of God is being manifested right there in the, in the pages of your scripture. And so we want it, we need to see that. So if creation, here, think about it this way. So if creation, when we walk outside, think of it as God whispering to us. He's whispering his glory to us. And then the Shekinah glory is more like God's shadow. Like he's, he's there, but, but we can't see him directly. It's, then you go from whispers to there's a shadow of him. You know something is there. Something is tangible is there, but not really sure what it is. And then God speaks. So we go from a whisper to shadows to now clearly speaking. The prophet Isaiah then says in Isaiah 40 verse 3 through 5 says, A voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up. Every mountain and hill will be made low. The uneven ground shall become level. And the rough places made plain. And the glory, get it, get it, here it is. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So he whispers, and then their shadows, and then there's speaking. And with the birth of Christ you have shouted. Is there any... Is there? I mean, think about that for a second. Why did the angels show up to the shepherds and it says that they shouted, right? Glory to God in the highest. This is the highest manifestation of God's glory. That Jesus himself, the baby in the stable, is not God speaking. It is God shouting to his creation. This is who I am. This is who I am. It is the clearest manifestation of God's glory. To, to continue in that Hebrews chapter 1. It says, long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, meaning now, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed the heir of all things, through whom also He created the world. He is, get this, this is awesome, Underlining in your Bible, whatever you want to do. He is the radiance of the glory of God. And the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. He is the radiance of the glory of God. That is who we celebrate at Christmas time. It is no wonder that in John 14, you don't have to turn there, but in John 14, Jesus and his disciples are having this this great conversation and he's talking to them and this is is mere days before he's about to go on the cross and they're having a conversation and one of the disciples says, you know, Jesus, can you help us to see the Father? We want to see the Father. Why can't we see the Father? He says, don't you see me? When you see me, you see the Father. He's literally looking at the disciple and saying, I am the full representation of God himself. You need nothing else. I am he. I am God. Here I am. I am the one. So that fourth level is messianic glory. I know that that's a big Bible word, but it works, okay? That fourth level is messianic glory. final level. That Jesus himself is revealed as the Messiah. Messiah is the Savior. The one who would come to save his people from their sins. The express image of God's of God himself. He is the embodiment of the brightness and the goodness of God. And just like the sun, the sun, S-U-N, radiates light and heat to the earth, the son of God brings forth light and life to men. The son of God brings life to things that are dead. The son of God touches and transforms hearts. And the more that we gaze upon the glory of Jesus, the more our hearts are transformed. So what does that mean? What does that do for us? right? So what? So what? What does the glory of God mean for me? And that's a good question. If you're taking notes, I want you to write these things down. God has revealed himself, or God has revealed his glory to us. God has revealed his glory to us. That all of creation is His glory. When you walk outside, we see God's glory. Our emotions are part of His glory. The history of the world is part of His glory. Every word of, intention, uh, of encouragement, every hug, every laugh, all of that is part of the glory of God. All that is done is done to the glory of God. He is in full control. So, parenting, so parents, here's just a pro tip. If you're thinking through, how do I show my kids the glory of God? How do I show Him? How do I show them about God's glory? It is not hard because God is always manifesting his glory all the time, every single day, every hour of the day. When we view the creation and we go outside, that is God's creation. When we see generosity between brothers and sisters, between family members, that's the glory of God. When we see the love between each other as a church, that is the glory of God being manifested. God's glory to us is seen all the time. And we can point it out. If we simply observe with, with our eyes and see the glory of God and then have the boldness and courage to point it out, both to people and our children, and we show that's God's glory right there. As you act and as you love and as you, as you heal, all those things, that is the glory of God. And it's our, it's, it's our wonder to boldly declare what God has done. So God's glory is revealed to us. Number two, God's glory is revealed for us. God's glory is revealed for us. So Jesus, think about Jesus for just a second. Jesus didn't come solely as a teacher. There's a lot of people think that Jesus was just coming as a teacher. That he taught really great things, and he did. There's a lot of people think Jesus was a healer. He healed a lot of people. So yeah, he was... A teacher and a healer, but that's not why he came. Well, Jesus was a leader. He was to lead his people and lead the church, but that's not actually primarily why Jesus came. Jesus came as a rescuer. That's why Jesus came. He is first and foremost and primarily a rescuer, and the glory of God is manifested in Jesus as he sets his people free from their sins. We're about to sing this. O holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till He appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. As we sing that song, I want us to feel the fact that Jesus comes not just as a teacher, not as a leader, not as a healer, but He comes as a rescuer. And it is truly a new and glorious morn. And so, when, when the glory of God breaks into time and space for mankind through the birth of Jesus, that is a wonderful, glorious thing. But the truest manifestation of the glory of God is not found in a stable, it's found in a cross. So, when we see Jesus on the cross, the fullest manifestation of God's love, God's power, and God's wrath are all found right there on the hill of Calvary and what's interesting about that is that we see Jesus on the cross there is nothing that we do when Jesus is on the cross we are bystanders there is nothing we can do we can't get up there with him we can't take on the wrath of God with him we can't understand the love that he has with him We are merely bystanders in beholding the glory of God on the cross. And we're there just watching. The glory of God is revealed for us in that moment. But we don't stay bystanders very long. Because there is something for us in this. It is not, Christianity is not a passive faith. Colossians 1, verse 24. Just watch it on the screen as I read it. Now I rejoice in my sufferings. This is the Apostle Paul. I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of His body, that is, the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you, to make the Word of God fully known. The mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints, and this is it right here, to them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is, get this, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. God's glory is revealed to us. God's glory is revealed for us. And finally, God's glory is revealed in us. God's glory is revealed in us. But, Charlie, Charlie, no, no, no. Like, we don't have Jesus anymore. Like, Jesus isn't walking around anymore. He, you know, we have, yes, we have the creation and and sometimes we see miracles happen and we we have the word of god but we don't have that we don't have that fourth level we don't have that messianic glory anymore you know jesus isn't walking around i can't go shake his hand i can't go give him a hug i can't hear him speak i don't i don't know where to go find jesus i can't see him i can't find him the clearest manifestation of god's glory i can't i can't get that like there's no way for me to 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 Understand that because I've never seen it before. John 14, Jesus himself says this, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you yet in a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live. You also will live. In that day, you will know that I am in the Father and you in me and I in you. This means that the glory of God is still shouting The glory of God is still shouting. And even though it first shouted through the person of Jesus Christ, the glory of God is now shouting through His church. It's shouting through me and it's shouting through you. That we are the manifestation of God's glory on this planet. He places His Holy Spirit. He abides in us, His church. And we are to shout the glories of God to the world. We are the living, breathing manifestation of Jesus on the earth. That's who we are, and I know that that's a big deal. The question is, is how are we doing? How are we shouting? What are we shouting? If we're the clearest manifestation, if if the idea of the creation is whispering, and then you have the miraculous, the Shekinah glory is the shadow of God, and... What if the church isn't even speaking? What if we're not even telling? What if we're not even reading? What if we know of the prophetic message of God's glory if we never even take time to read it? How are we able to shout it? we shout with words, we shout with action, we shout with love, and we shout with generosity. As the church of God, the world has to come to it. And the world has to look at us, the church, and desperately cry out to us and say, Please, tell us more. I want to hear more. If you are the glory of God, the church is the glory of God to the world, my hope is, is the world looks at us and says, whatever you're, whatever you're selling, I'm buying. Whatever you're saying, I'm listening. Speak more. I want to hear. My wonder is, is are we really shouting that well? Are we telling that well? Because I desire a world That looks at the church and says, I want more. I've been given a taste and I want more. I want to know this Jesus. I want to know him. You know what's interesting about chocolate chip cookies? It's really hard to have a gooey, glorious, wondrous, sugary chocolate chip cookie in your hand. And simply just take one small bite. That small bite, it longs to be eaten. (laughs) The whole thing. I desire more of that cookie. I just want more and more. The thing about God's glory is that the more that we gaze upon Him, There's a multiplication effect to it. That the more that we desire Jesus, the more that we gaze upon His glory, the more of it that we want. And then the more of it that we want, the more that other people will say is, I want that too, and I desire that too. So as we sing, and as we think about this holy night, my, my hope would be that you would think through, how am I shouting the glory of God? If If Jesus really does indwell within me and I'm a Christian, how am I shouting? Am I even reading the prophetic word? Am I shouting the glory of God? It might be some time where you just need to take and sit and ponder and repent and ask for some courage. And it very well might be, I don't even know what you're talking about, Charlie, and I desperately need Jesus to save me. And if that's you, just cry out to him long for him talk to me i love to talk to you about a relationship with jesus but maybe in a moment of repentance in a moment of prayer in a moment of weakness where you come and you say hey jesus i want to shout louder with my life the glories of god and i want to understand and gaze upon your glory more so let's sing together let's sing this song with all we got as the people of god let's gaze upon the glories of Jesus let's pray together God thank you for your creative glory thank you that we can walk outside of this place and see the sunshine and know that that's a display of your goodness and your glory to the world that everyone experiences that you don't, you don't leave us alone without without any glory at all that you allow all of creation to see that thank you for the miraculous the things that you have done throughout history that show that you intervene into history God thank you for the word of God that we that we as a church that we long to read and long to kind of bask in and God is I'm thankful for Jesus in this season of the year where we focus on his birth and incarnation you coming in the flesh God, thank you for sending Jesus in the perfect time. And thank you for allowing us to live during this time where we can know him, that you have revealed yourself to the world and for us. And now, God, I pray that we would be a church that would long for the world to see that you are within us and that your glory goes where we go and that you call us to go in lots of different places, God, but I pray that we would bring your glory and radiate it throughout the entire world. And I pray that this church be very clear manifestations of that. Thank you, Christ, and as we worship, God, I pray that we would hear our praises.